do you find the will to fight back against a world that wants to keep you sedated, average, and stuck in place? Join us for the tools and strategies you need to create a life of abundance, discipline, and high achievement. This, this, is, this is the Tactical Empire with Jeff Smith. Welcome to another edition of the Tactical Empire. Um, today, I'm excited to talk to you guys. I've got one of the smartest guys I know when it comes to establishing financial freedom, unconventional financial methods of investing, saving, uh, utilizing tax strategy, and uh, why you sh everyone should have an LLC. Uh, all of that, all of that. This guy is uh, a wealth of knowledge and is one of has has quickly become one of my greatest confidants in the space and so i'm really excited to talk to him and uh allow him to impart some of his knowledge on you keith gauze welcome my man what's up brother thanks for having me appreciate that absolutely absolutely you you are a guy i definitely appreciate jamming with all the time because uh i think the message uh that you bring and kind of the methodologies that you teach are, are definitely in alignment with what I'm putting into practice and also trying to espouse for people to kind of escape the rat race and right. not spend a million years trading time for dollars. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and like what, what your background is. Yeah. So, you know, traditionally uh, I'm not your, your finance guy, right? Uh, my, my road to this journey uh, was the, the, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards, right? Hate school, don't want to go there. So went to the military, uh, go to the military, go to the, you know, do, do the, that thing, 99 to 04, right at 05, we get home. Um, get home and I, you know, I initially thought I was going to go run my dad's plumbing company. And my dad had been an entrepreneur my entire adolescence, you know, so I got, I get to watch him make mistake after mistake after mistake and get back up and go and go. And I can never figure out like, what was the passion that kept him getting up every day, knowing I'm about to get my ass whipped. Right. I mean, we walk into it on a daily basis. So yeah. I didn't know that back then. I couldn't, you know, I wasn't able to put two and two together. Uh, so after the military, I think I'm going to run this business. You know, it's pretty successful at that time. I think he was 20, you know, damn near 20 years in. So he'd figured it out. Uh, then you get two jumbo alpha males that are related into the same room trying to make decisions together, and it ultimately just doesn't work. Uh, so I think a little bit of that was me missing the adrenaline. So I, I you know, pivot left. I go to law enforcement, uh, spend a bunch of time doing that. Um, it, but in the midst of that, my wife had got pregnant, you know, so so shit had gotten real. You know, we're yeah. making 30, I mean, 38000 you know, $39,000 a year as a police officer. Uh, now I got a baby coming. So <clears throat> that stress wore out on me and I gambled on myself one day. I basically went and, and spent 20 grand on a business name and one inflatable bounce house. And I got this idea because I had been seeing these things in the hood where I patrolled as law enforcement. I'm like, dude, these kids are everywhere with these things. So I was like, you know, people always spend money on their kids. Let's try it. Uh, so Dumb luck. I try it and I made 1500 bucks in the first two days of business. It was a Saturday and a Sunday, yeah. which was like reflective of an entire two week paycheck from the sheriff's office. Right. Sure. sure. So I was like, shit, I'm onto something. 
So tell my wife, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to do this full time, just like any entrepreneur does. Like head first, don't worry about it. We'll figure this thing out. I got it. She's absolutely not. So I stayed, I stayed in law enforcement, but really that, you know, I was working midnights, 6 p.m., 6 a.m. I would get home, take a shower and go run, run the business. So I built that business from 2009 and we sold it uh, 2011. I made a seven figure exit and immediately, you know, got introduced to the IRS. Yeah. Right. Uh, Cause you know, being a W2 before that, not having a business, you know, you pay taxes every paycheck and you keep moving yep. and typically you get a return. Uh, so that, that wake up call for me threw me into a tailspin of self-studying finances financial planning, investments, opportunities to shield taxes. Uh, and, and I got recruited uh, by a buddy to go to Northwestern Mutual. So reluctantly, I went there, uh, although I, I didn't anticipate being a professional life insurance salesman, which is what it turned out to be, which is okay. Uh, but it gave me time and, and space to figure out what I wanted to do really with that profession. And that was to help growth-oriented entrepreneurs avoid making the same mistakes I made in that business, right? Yep. And so we did that. Uh, I launched Tideland Consulting uh, finally after you know, almost nine years of being at Northwestern. And uh, we're, we're a few years in on the consulting side and, and rocking and rolling. I love it. I love it, man. For sure. And so what, what do you think, because um, you, you're always dropping nuggets when you and I are talking, um, like, let's, how can we make this the most useful episode? I think one of the ways to do that would be like, let's talk about some unconventional stuff that like I know about, and maybe you know about let they definitely bring up stuff. Cause I don't know as much as you do certainly. So like why, what, cause I brought it up at the beginning. So like, why should everybody have an LLC? Well, I think it just, it's not even the LLC. I think people just need to be focused on avenues and and not just, proactively handing money over. Correct. Right? If you're if you're a high income W2 earner, it, it's not okay to pay 40% in taxes and and you know wash your hands at the end of the day and be like, well, at least I came home with X. Mm -hmm. You know, the tax code book was invented for people to eliminate taxes. I mean, that's truly what it was. So why the hell are we not using it for that? So I think it's not even the LLC. I think people just need to start thinking through the process of what should I do? What can I do to get some of this back? The LLC comes into play because that's the easiest step to get there. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, Hey, if you own a business, not only do you have some of these opportunities to offset taxes, but now you got this big ass book that's got a lot more opportunity by virtue of you being a business owner, right? And so to be a business owner, you literally can pay 135 bucks and file your paperwork and, you know, 35 minutes later, voila. Right. There. But I think the interesting thing that most people would never think of is that like, regardless of whether you have a W-2 job or not, it would be beneficial for you to have it, it, this this acumen, this, this business knowledge, and also that $135 LLC. Right. And, and really, you know, we work with, with quite a few of on the W2 side that are, that are well-paid. Right. And let's face it. Most well-paid people traditionally have investment real estate be, just because their friends talk about it. Right. It's not yeah. like a thing, but Hey, Johnny's doing it. So why don't we, let's find something to buy. 
And that specific one piece, if you have one rental property, if you pay 135 bucks and, and maybe two grand to retitle that house into your business name, you are in fact an active business owner. Correct. That allows us to then go after that W-2 tax and start clawing some of those things back for you. Yeah. Right? So that's simple. Yeah, because I, I mean, what I tell my people all the time is like, you've made a good, like you've established your, your skill set as being a good earner at this point. Now it's, now it's about keeping more of what you actually bring home. Absolutely. And there's a million ways to do it, just like you talk about. I mean, the tax code is written to take advantage of all of those. They're not loopholes. They're, they're instructions on, right. on how to keep more of your money. Yeah. You know, and then and then we get the fearful. Well, what if I get audited for using this tax credit that they gave me in in plain English? Well, then then the then the conversation is like, just don't even don't do any shady shit, and you should right. be fine. Yeah, uh, and document right. You know, okay. that's the biggest thing. If you've ever heard anybody get audited for using tax strategy and their audit was atrocious, it's because they didn't have their shit in order. Yep, that's the only reason. But you don't ever hear about any, you know, hey, I had a, I had an audit last week and he was here for 15 minutes, asked me for three files and left. Like no one talks about that. It's not I funny. hear about that. Like I mean, truthfully. I do too. Yeah. Like the guys that are organized, a lot of times they'll just flip through it and they're like, whoa, you, you're organized. Okay. Yeah. Like that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's so, yeah, they're babysitting the fact that you are using the book is what an audit is. Sure. Want to make sure you're doing it legally. So, um, but yeah, I mean, back to the point, right? The point is, regardless if you are a business owner or a highly compensated, you know, W2 employee, like there's avenues for you to be able to start leveraging to minimize that tax, to minimize that pain. Right. Keep so if you were trying to produce, let's say you were just an average person and you're making an average amount of income, what, like we talk in our inner circle group all the time about creating like financial freedom. Yeah. Um, because what I teach and preach and espouse is like taking control of your life and of, right. in, of as many aspects of it as you possibly can. What um, do you like from an investment standpoint, as far as like, what vehicles do you, would you suggest putting your money in if you're just getting started? So I think liquidity is, is the number one focus, you know, mm -hmm. and I think for a couple of reasons, one, Typically, people just getting started to save, invest, move money out of their checking account or out of their safe at the house, right? On that comfortability of having it at their fingertips, you know, I think you, you've got to enter into that process in a certain light. So, you know, we all know that if you're a corporate guy, you got a 401k, everyone tells you to open a Roth, everyone tells you to do a traditional, you know, all these things the government gives stipulations on. And money that's literally, you know, tied up into the purgatory, unless you pay a ton of fees and taxes. Yep. I think if if we approach this in a light where we're, we're not going balls to the walls aggressive, we're not trying to shock, you know, th this individual. And if we can go liquidity and that individual knows if the shit in the fan collide and I burn through all my excess cash, I can still touch this without any issues. But it, it and and that burning of the shit doesn't happen often, right? Like, let's yeah. face it. Sure. So knowing that it's going to work, it's going to be there. 
we know they're not going to touch it 99%, right? And then in six months, hey, man, you, 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 I know you're feeling better about this. Now let's have the conversation about maybe upping the ante some. What else should you be doing here? So I think there's a particular way to approach that. And you know as well as I do, like that's the whole key in, in my entire profession and feedback for people. Like it's always about liquidity, always. Sure. Because for the most part, I work with business owners and you know I know that their ability to spend 30% margins in their company, pretty damn easy to do. Yep. So why would I take money out that they can't touch to say, hey, we can get an average of you know, S&P 500 of 8%. Like that's not attractive, right? The opportunity cost there is way too significant. Right. So making sure, you know, we're using things, non-qualified accounts, right? But what are they invested in that's important? So short-term duration, fixed income opportunities where we're getting three, four, five, six percent rate of return. Again, I'm not interested in getting you 10%. I want liquidity, yeah. but I want to get you something while you're not using it. Um, so we have those types of accounts. Of course, everyone's heard of life insurance, the infinite banking. Uh, you know, every there seems to be about 3 million professionals on Instagram that sell that stuff. Um, Jeff, you know how I approach this, man. This, this, the whole life insurance game is, is it's, people just talk so much shit about it. And, yep. you know, it's be, and really it's the, it's the advisors trying to sell the wrong shit that screw this thing up for everyone. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to sell the most commissioned uh, product. Right. And, you know, if you get, just put this out there, cause not a lot of people know this, right? So if you put a hundred thousand dollars into a life insurance policy and it's a whole life policy, it's paying 55% commissions. Mm-hmm. That's a stack. Yeah. I mean, that's a $55,000 paycheck in a day for me. So for, for an advisor who's money driven, that would be the first thing that I try to get you to buy. Yep. Right. But it, there's no liquidity there. It's the wrong thing. And that's what typically people hate. Right. And they, they do it for two years and then they're, they're upset. So we, we utilize one that's got 80 to, to 85% liquidity within the first 30 days, first 60 first 90, whenever you need it. Right. And again, it's getting you four, five, six, seven percent while you're not using the money. But then the, the magic happens. This positive arbitrage on liquidity, where you have you can use your money if you want, but you can also use my money and make money off my money using my money. Yeah. And that's where everyone starts to perk up. But it's only doable in one specific policy. And that's, I think, the, the the market's a highly cash value policy. Yep. You know, that's the only one that's going to work for you, period, point blank. I don't care what anyone else tells you. Right. It is what it is. So, you know, I think the whole, the whole thing about it is liquidity, the ability for you to exercise your cash when deals fall into play and not have to worry about going to the bank for a loan or, or producing documents. It's your cash. It's there. And we get a little bit of upside while you're not touching it. And, and you've got a similar product on the business side that is a... It's an investment account. Yeah, investment corporate, account, right? it's a corporate reserve account. Yeah. Okay? And so, you know, we all operate our companies. We all tend to keep, you know, a little bit of capital that's that's not part of our normal operation expense. But why, right? If, if we're keeping three to six months of our OPEX and cash, anything above that, we should be deploying for benefit. So you put it in a non-qualified account. We've got some partners in the industry that give decent interest rate lines of credit against that. And, and it's not, the, the powerful thing is on the insurance side and on the investment side, it doesn't hurt your debt to income ratio. So for companies sure. looking to finance, comp- people looking to do these types of things, 
you know, it's not, you're not having to worry about your credit, right? Which is also cool. So that, you know, the idea there is, is again, you have access, you can use your own money if you want, but, but we also, depending on interest rate environments and other specifics, we could probably use someone else's money and, and make the deal better. Absolutely. Every time. Yeah. Well, it's always better not every time, but 99.9. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 hundred mm-hmm. percent. I, I, you and I are philosophically aligned in, in the liquidity side of things. Like I, I'm a huge proponent of cash flow and like just making sure that these guys are taking advantage of every aspect of things. And like you see it in our inner circle group with right. like just the lack of, I, I just don't think any of this stuff gets taught enough. And, and like, I mean, these guys are competent business owners have created a level of success for themselves and their families, and they have no idea that this stuff exists and they might be 10 years in business. Yeah. And, and so like, that's why I think it's so important that like you and I have discussions about this publicly and get it like teach this stuff to people because it, it can close the gap on, on that learning curve and, and that struggle curve dramatically. Yeah. For sure. Like you were yeah, talking the about. Other thing, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say the other, the other thing, like what you and I see is they get introduced to this and then they go into like, they've heard about it. They've talked about it. Then they actually get introduced to it, to someone. And then they go into this dive of like paralysis by analysis. Yep. I got to know exactly everything about this little intricate detail because they've heard so much bad shit out there that now they're going into detective mode. I need to be a lawyer. What What's this cost me every week? What does it cost me every month? And, and they lose sight of like the tool doesn't cost you anything if you utilize the tool the right way. Like, let me yeah. teach you that first and then you can get lost in the sauce. Yeah. But until you know how it works, like none of this other shit matters. So to your point, it's like they either wait way too long or they wait way too long, get introduced to it, and then wait way too long to to like just say, this is a good tool, let me use it. They get lost in all this other nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I think the best way to go into it is just open your first policy and and just get moving on it with something that's reasonable so that you can watch the flow of it. Like right. I'm, I need to see things happen. So like I do all kinds of weird investments and stuff, but I start small and then I work it all the way through the process so I can see every aspect of it move. And I think that that's where I'm at on teaching people high early cash value. Cause I'm like, just open a $5,000 policy. And like annually, if you, if you are so paralyzed, cause it's better to give you five grand today and open a policy than to read about it for a year. Yeah. And then, and then decide I want a $25,000 policy. Cause after you do a year with that $5,000 policy, you'll know you'll want a $25,000 policy anyway. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, there's always that chance you, you know, you, you choke on a hamburger and have a heart attack or stroke sure. out or whatever that could take this opportunity away. Cause there is that right. There is some health issues to it to make sure that you're not going to croak. In a yeah. And that's tricky balance for some people to deal with too, because like they see it like on, on its face as being like, well, I can buy this million dollar term policy for 300 bucks, but this one costs 10 grand and it pays my family $500,000. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And like, but, but they're not looking long-term at like all the usages of it. 
And the higherly cash value, you get a, I mean, the, the death benefit on those is crazy right out of the gate. You know, if you put yeah. 10, 15, 20 grand in one, you're, you're in the millions of death benefits. So if, if you actually say, okay, if I die, highly unlikely, but if I do that, that cash on cash returns hefty. Yeah. You just, you just don't get to party with it. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, <laughs> you don't get to hang out. So, you know, all that saying this, there's options out there. There's, there's opportunity. It, it, the deal is you just got to get connected with the right person. Who's not trying to sell you some shit just to yep. get paid who can educate you and, you know, and then you can go from there. So sure. Uh, there's definitely opportunities. And if that's not a thing, like people, some people are just anti-insurance, right? They're like, F that, I don't want to die. Like, um, you know, whatever, conspiracy theorists. So there's yep. other stuff too. So having dealt with a lot of clients on this, like what, what are some of the best ways you see people utilizing these policies or these business lines of credit that you're setting up? Like what, what are some of the best things that they're doing strategically? Really, it's one of two two avenues. They're either they're either relaying that capital back into their company for an acquisition, right? Buying out someone down the street, taking advantage of you know their supply, whatever. Buying in bulk, you know, there's things that they can do with larger chunks of money that may save the business, right? And then oftentimes it equals more income. Yeah, so that's one avenue. And the, the only other undefeated avenue, Jeff, I think we all know this one is real estate, like yeah. hands down. Um, e even through 2007, 2008, people that were on their ass and, and negative equity in their house, quote unquote, they don't remember those pain points right now yep. because they're probably sitting on two, three, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars of positive equity because the game has changed. It's, the, you know, the, the wave has crashed. So those are the two things that, that we see oftentimes that people are, are leveraging for sure. Yeah. I think business owners underestimate their ability to have liquidity for strategic investments within their business. There is no better investment that a business owner can make than investing in their own business most of the time because the returns are exponential. They're like 30x. Yeah. And you already have a track record of doing, you know, whatever it is your margins are, whether it's 5% on $600 million or it's, you know, 30% on 10 million. Like yeah. you can identify, I know the investment, I know the ROI. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, there's, it's funny because we get caught up in these conventional ways of thinking. A lot of business owners do, even though they're like superstars in their business, like you talk to them and they're like, man, they still think like all these rules apply to them, but they, they don't understand how great they are. <laughs> and like, I need to be reminded for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And with a little bit of liquidity, like we could scale this thing to 10 X and like, you've got it all right here. It, it's incredible to watch sometimes. Um, when you're trying to create, okay, so like those are great investment vehicles, but like, what are some things that you like? We've hit on real estate a couple times, so maybe we'll yeah. go down that rabbit hole. But like, okay. what what are you using to build your wealth? Is it just businesses and real estate that um, you're using to like? No, I mean, I got you know, obviously. It, you know, I bought the Ferrari, you know, yeah. I consider that wealth. Uh, that's a collectible in my opinion. Um, you know, that 
the down payment of that car came from my life insurance policy. Yep. You know, why the hell not pay interest to, to myself or at least make money while I got it floating out there. Um, so, you know, that's even doable with, with these investments, right? It's not just about real estate and business, but if you have a, an opportunity to buy something low and sell it high, why not? Um, yeah, because you don't even have to make payments on them. <laughs> right. So that's the beautiful thing too. Like you take money out of your life insurance. There is no 30 day bill coming in the mail. Like you right. get to dictate how you pay that back. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I tell people all the time and you've used this and I've used it. You know, we all love hard money when those numbers pencil out. Right. Yeah. This is a hard money loan that pays you 2%. Yeah. It's insane. It, right. I mean, that's exactly what it is. So when, when people start to think of it that way that, you know, they lose sight of the insurance and all the other stuff, it's, it's really truly what it is, but you know, I see people in the real estate game. Um, I, I use it for real estate. Um, I've used, you know, I've used it to grow the business, right? Cause again, I know exactly what that ROI is going to bring me. Um, we've used it to make other investments, you know, private money, hard money. Uh, I've used it in some other business ventures, buying equity. Um, you know, I've used it for, for anything I can, for, if, if I know that I can deploy money to something that's going to pay me monthly, I use it. Yep. I use it. Cause that's that positive payback to me is paying back that for the, however long it takes. And then it's all positive cash flow. Sure. And you've got the asset remaining. Yeah. And, and you, of course. And you pay for it. How, you know, you got the house paying you 1500 bucks a month. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. So what are you, um, what's, what's on the horizon for you? What are you doing next? Uh, you know, I, I like a lot of people are stacking cash, you know, right now in this season, I think, um, you know, November, I think the campaign trail kicks off. So that'll start to push things certain ways. Uh, I think we're, we're still seeing this interest rate conversation, uh, push people to hold money. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this presidential election starts to point to which side. I think that's going to telltale on you know, what a lot of things happen uh, you know, and do in the economy and which way things are going to go. Sure. I'm stacking cash. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that these interest rates stall and start to come down. Right. Yeah. And, and we're starting to see things that we're tracking that would, would suggest that. And obviously no one has that crystal ball, but sure. we're starting to track some things that would suggest a, a decrease in interest rates. And I think if that happens, uh, you know, money supply is going to loosen up some. Um, so right now everything's tight, right? I mean, you see banks offering four or five, 6% for money market accounts, right? So That's for wild. those of you who aren't uh, really paying attention to what that means, Banks are trying to get as much liquidity as possible right now. They're stacking the vaults full and they're stacking it for a reason. The same thing that happened 2008, 2009, and they were a little late to the game, right? And buying real estate. So if you recall back then, I mean, I know you do. Banks would come in and big investment houses would buy the entire neighborhood and all the vacant houses yep. in one swoop. And so you're going to start to see a lot of that again. You've got some notes coming due, seven, eight, year balloon notes that people were taking out back when money was very cheap. Yeah. That are coming due. Uh, you've got these people in the last three years that have been paying, you know, they paid two, 300 grand more for a house, higher interest rate that are getting sick and tired of that shit. Yeah. So there's going to be, I think, a, a flood of, of opportunity, both real estate and business. So I think even business owners are going to be able to monopolize on, on, you know, market share if they're stacking cash right now. I think 
it, I, I'm glad you mentioned businesses. <clears throat> I think now is the time. I, I think the next six months are are the time for really like the players to to deal, to wheel and yeah. deal. Because I'm seeing stuff that you can buy for literally 40 cents on the dollar right now because of all the tightening and yeah. because of some, some of these people have been sitting in notes that they can't figure out a way to get out of shit like that. And, and they can't carry them any longer. Right. Um, the, the, the balloons are coming on the, a lot of commercial properties, multi-units, stuff like that. Um, I agree with you, but I, I think the interest rate's going to stay flat the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't anticipate, you know, I was going to mention that too. I don't anticipate it till maybe Q2 next year if a decrease is to happen. I think we still got a while. It's going to be fucking gangbusters when it does, though. Holy yeah. smokes. There's so much there's so much money locked up and sitting on the sidelines right now right. that if you wait until then, you've waited too long. Yeah, so here's some things people can go do today, right? Some some takeaways for your people. Come on. If you don't have a HELOC, go get a HELOC. Yeah. Rule number one. Apply for it because here's the other piece that they're going away. Banks are going to quit offering HELOCs at some point because they're going to be protecting their cash. And here's the problem. The reason that it's going to go away is because most people go get a HELOC and never use the bitch. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's money that banks have to have on hand in case you decide to use it. So it's less money that they can deploy on, on profitability. Yep. And so they're going to start stripping those away. I've talked to a lot of guys who, who, who sell HELOCs for the banks that's coming down the pipeline. So go get it. I've seen All them cut them in half already this year. Yeah. So, and, and some banks have done that. Some of your smaller, you know, um, credit unions and mom and pop type banks are doing that. I don't, I, you know, I don't recommend you go into one of those for that reason. They're going to be the first ones to clip them. If you go to Chase, you go to a business bank, you go to, you know, your, your bank of America, Goldman Sachs, whoever, they're, they're more likely to let you ride as long as you have it before they quit letting people, you know, get them. So HELOC is number one, you know, that's a hundred grand plus that you don't have access to today that you can have access to in less than 30 days. Okay. So that's a hundred grand you could deploy that you didn't know you had access to, or maybe you did, you just didn't know how to go get it. Yep. And stack cash, tighten the belt a little bit, sit on your hands, you know, don't, don't lock yourself in the house, but be smart about your expenses over the next 12 months, wait for the Ferrari, you know, wait for the, the gym whatever it might be, sit on cash, stack it, don't spend it. Because if, if this is something you want to get into real estate, business acquisitions, being your own boss, any of that, you're going to have to start somewhere. So why not start when you already know it's a lull, we're not buying unless it's me or you and we're buying anything we can get our hands on. Yeah. Right. But we also have been ready for 20 years. So, but if you're not ready, stack cash, keep it, hoard it, don't touch it. And you'll be glad in 12 months when you can go buy a, a real estate, you know, investment property. Sure. Sure. I think it's going to get fucking murky waters in 12 months. It'll be, everybody will be in. Yeah. Um, That's why I want to buy now. So when that starts yes. happening, I don't have to fuck with it. That's what I mean. That's what yeah. I mean. Like um, it, the seasonality of it all right now is the season for like the, the professional investors are snatching shit up right now. And well, yeah, they're pulling out of Airbnbs, right? Yeah. Uh, people are flooding away from that market who are using that market as a true 
means of living, right? Creating an investment, you know, income. And from what we see and, you know, what we, you and I watch, you know, our mentors doing is, you know, boutique motels and, and quadruplex yeah. multifamily and, you know, corporate, you know, business and then triple net, you know, le- uh, flex space. Yep. That's, that's where, you know, if you're, if you're already in investments, right, you know, a little bit about real estate, you've got, you know, a few single families underneath your belt and you're wondering where you should be looking. If you haven't started looking there, you're late. You're late. There's also going to be opportunity in that Airbnb market as it shrinks because there's guys that are stuck in those that were depending on the income that was maybe just breaking even to pay the note that now with occupancy dropping and things like that, they're going to be looking to sell those and Mm -hmm. unload them. And so there, there will be some opportunity there to buy like buy and holds. Right. Um, and so I do a long-term hold for now until Airbnb gets their act together or someone else comes up with a better platform. Yeah. Yeah. Just too many. It's too many of them. Like, I mean, I've got one in Orlando of all places, you know, not far from Disney that's sucking wind. Well, I mean, there was the growth rate was exponential on how fast they were growing with people putting everything in anything. Like there was guys buying like just regular Houston three bedroom, two bathroom brick ranches and putting them on Airbnb and they were killing it. And like, for what reason? Like th- that's what made no sense. <laughs> yeah. And go uh, downtown Houston. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, there was just so much strangeness to that growth trajectory that like appeared unsustainable. Yeah. And, and now it's kind of coming home. You, you hear me talk all the time on our group calls. Like y- right. you have to go one of two directions with Airbnb if you want to be successful right now. And it's big, many bedrooms, big hosting homes or like unique experience homes, like right. getaways, log cabins, tree houses, shit like right. that. Yep. And yeah, there's mad game in those right now. And there will be forever. Yeah. Those will be winners forever. Yeah. Yep. But, but uh, you know, your, your house over there off of 19th street in downtown Jacksonville is probably not going to yield you a bunch. Because another, another piece that I think, and you can give your thoughts on this, I, I think it's another great time for the next six months, let's just say, because that's all I'm willing to look at, uh, <laughs> is a great time to grab up some businesses with some owner financing. If you yeah. want to like transition from a W-2 job to an owner-operator type situation, I think now is a, it's, it's the best time I've seen in 20 years. Because it, the business owners that want out know that it's hard to get financing. Everybody knows that is in the game. They're like, no one's going to go give you a 9% business line of credit for a service-based business right now. Like it's not happening. Yep. And so you can get in with a low down payment with a seller carry situation and and start your own business right. like and take take over a business, buy a business with a very low down payment with a some creative financing options with an owner. So yeah. like now I think is a great time to do that. I've had, and I think you know, to your point, I've had, you know, if I were to count back in the last two weeks, I've probably vetted six deals that were a, a bit local to me within two hours. I passed up on all six just because of time, right? I just don't have time to drive two hours and, and check up on stuff. But these six deals were all owner finance, 100% owner finance opportunities, which 
again, that's positive arbitrage. You're playing with someone else's money, right? Wow. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was more of one of those kind of like venture capital takeovers and you stay the CEO, but you don't need to show up. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep you on payroll. There's so many unique ways to do that financing that you can, you can a hundred percent of the time, make it work for everybody. Well, yeah. And and what I'm trying to express to everybody is that like, if, if rates drop back to three or 4%, those owners that would give it to you now, seller financing are going to tell you to kick rocks. Uh-huh. Yep. Is they're like banks are liquid as hell right now. Go get the money from them. Right. So right now is the time that everybody that's in the game understands that like, hey, we can do a deal. Yeah. And and that's, listen, that's a mailer conversation. That's a, a cold call conversation. That's, that's starting to spit information out and, and advertise that you're looking in your local area to take market share. Yeah. Because yeah. listen, just as just as you send fifteen hundred, you know, mailers out to buy real estate, and you get you know a bunch of reactions, people are going to call you. Yep, for sure. So yeah, that's that's definitely one of the e- easiest routes from point A to B would be that today. I I think that I I think that people oftentimes overcomplicate this though, because like that particular situation we're talking about, where like if you like a business or an industry, if you want to get into it, like it's as simple as starting a conversation or taking somebody to coffee and like, Hey, so what's your plan with this business? Or like, do you want to get out? Or is there an opportunity there? Um, People overcomplicate that and they want to take it all the way from like zero to $20 million. And they paralyze themselves with the complexity of knowing every step of that way. Like I just had a conversation the other day with a client about the same thing. He runs, uh, like preschools and he's, he's got it so dialed in and optimized that he doesn't live in any of the States where he owns and runs them. And, and they kick off a a 25 to 30% net profit each and every one. And, and I'm like, that is such a repeatable system. And he was getting caught in his own shit, trying to go all the way to private equity money. He's like, I need 20, I need a $20 million fund so I can do a full takeover. And I'm like, the fuck you do. You got 30% returns on a million dollar business. There's a lot of people that would go in and partner on a business that's that lucrative. You need three people. You don't need a private equity fund. Like go do this 10 times and then private equity will come talk to you. Right. I I just think people- And during that wait, you just buy your partners out. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many different ways to do it. And and yeah, I think one big piece of advice for anyone in business is don't be greedy. Yep. That's the key. Just don't yep. be greedy. Everybody can eat joint venture as much as you can until you don't have to. Yep. Right. And even when you have to, joint venture, right? I mean, you and I talk about JV and shit all the time. And you yeah. don't have to, but it just wow. oftentimes makes sense. For me, it does right now at my phase of life I'm in. I, I'd much rather partner with like good people and, yeah. and for good reasons. Like I had a conversation today about a particular venture where I, I was offering 50% of a deal and the guy was just dumbfounded that I would offer 50% because I was doing like 90%. Yeah. And I was like, this, I want to offer 50% because this isn't the last time we're going to do this. And he's like, okay, let's go. And yeah. so, I mean, I think greed is a killer, ego is a killer, and fear is a killer. And so, like, people oftentimes can't get out of their own way. Like, for me, I can see fucking $200 million. Like, do I need to get 
caught around the axle as we get the first million? <laughs> well, the thing is this, <clears throat> if we can remove the emotion, they don't have that issue. Right. And that's what I talk to with our clients all the time. If we're vetting a deal and the numbers pencil out, I'm like, all right, well, then the question now is, what's the most efficient dollar in your ecosystem to use? There should be no other question. Right. If it's profitable and it pushes you closer to your goal and you have capital access, then what, then what is the problem? There is no problem. Don't nope. execute. And so our clients pull the trigger a lot more. And if you talk to anyone that has worked with us, you know, we've pushed them to probably grow quicker than they anticipated they were going to. Sure. And it's That's just huge. by nature of, of being able to be effective and efficient with capital and then helping them source what dollar to use in, in the deal. And I think that's super important because most people just get complacent and that's why they don't grow. Right. Like if I'm sitting over here on my real estate portfolio and I've got 80 rentals and like, but I'm just over here by myself, like no one's like being like, have you bought a house this month, Jeff? Like, have you added a rental this quarter or, or what asset class are you seeking out now? Right. And there's no one to do that. So like what you're doing is a vital service that keeps the fucking train moving. And, and people have no idea how important that is. Cause oftentimes you're just like, eh, I, I got busy or that employee quit at my job. So I didn't add to my real estate portfolio this week or right. not this week, this year. Right. It's nine months down the road. You got all this money in your checking account or whatever. And like, you have no more assets. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the market's changed and you can't afford to buy shit. Yeah. Right. Cause we, we have seen a, a swift change in the market before. So the thing is, you know, you get, you got to get a foundational plan in order and you got to know your numbers, right. Which shit you and I both know, you know, you ask 10 people, seven of them have no clue. You know, the other three have, are my clients. So they know, right. Um, you got to know your numbers, you got to know your cash flow, and then you have to be really, you know, you just got to put your money in the appropriate places that are going to get you where you want to go. And whatever those tools are, you got to get educated on those tools. Yeah. And you got to execute. And, and we beat the hell out of real estate today, but like anything will work. Like that is what I, I try to impress on anybody. Like whatever you want to do, just like you can make money doing it. And you can make a lot of money. There's angles and ways to do it. Dude, I mean, how many how many men's coaches do you see on Facebook when you open up? There's a thousand of them. Right. You get four clients that give you a thousand bucks a month and you got four grand. I mean, that's 50 grand, you know, and and that's how easy that is. Sure. And then it's just, you know, now what, what, what do you add to that? Perfect the first thing and then add, right? So we also see that. Hey, I, I started this business three weeks ago. Now I got yeah. other businesses I want to put in play. Right. Well, Jesus Christ, let's start over here. Let's keep these things in order, right? The foundational business has to be there and solid, right? And then you start adding. Would you agree to that? Yeah, I, 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 I term it a little bit differently. I think you have to have a source of active income. And then as you have that active income, you have to deploy it into other assets that make you money as well. Um, but yes, more sophisticated I, way to say it. Yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying a hundred percent. Like it, it, we use it different terms sometimes too, is like, don't you, you can never not pay attention to your golden goose, right? It's that golden goose is what got all the other shit. And like, if you turn that spigot off, then you're screwed right. to an extent. 
And so, um, yeah, I mean, I was thinking more along the lines of like different business types you could buy, like people like laundromats and people like, Oh yeah. My my sister has a bunch of mobile home parks and like some, some of that shit is ugly and people don't like it, but like there, you can make money doing anything. I had a client call me three, I don't know, three weeks ago. And he's like, Hey, I just picked up a, you know, five pack of mobile homes for like 220 grand. Okay. He called me this week on Tuesday and sold the whole fucking thing for 580. The whole thing. Just because yeah. he was able to get in there, fix it up a little bit, remove some trees, clean things up, put some paint on it. And, you know, another group of, of buyers came in and swooped it. He wouldn't yeah. have been able to do that if he didn't have the liquidity. Yeah. Right. right. So that's, that's, that is a play on liquidity that fell into his lap. But to your point, like, we both know Travis Wells, and typically I don't say names on here, but Travis is a motherfucking killer. Yeah. Mobile homes and what he's doing. This 100%. Dude is paying like 2500 bucks for a mobile home. He's like, man, as long as the metal structure is great, I buy it. Yep. Because he puts a little bit of cash in it and he's cash flowing 800 bucks a month on him, 900 bucks a month on him. You know? Yeah. I mean, even if he buys it, it, it you can strip those things out and remodel them for next year. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're 50 grand in there all in like yeah. location, sewer, electric, the whole yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. If you're talking, yeah. Hookups and everything else. Yes. Yeah. And, and furnished. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? like, right. But to your point, man, yeah, it's not just real estate. It, it's literally any business concept works today. Post COVID, you literally can do anything you want from anywhere you want as long as you have internet. And as long as you can just get clear on what you want. I, I think the most people, the reason that most people don't ever pursue any of this like freedom or any of this financial security and wealth is because one, they don't understand it and they get frustrated yep. too quickly. Two, they think it's going to be fast and it's not. It's right. going to take fucking 20 years. So just understand that. Right. It doesn't really take 20 years, but like, and, and, and the third thing is like, they just don't think it's for them for some reason. And like, they can't do that. But like, we've, we've named a bunch of examples of ways that like anybody could do anything. It like somebody, almost anybody listening to this could figure out how to get 50 grand to buy a trailer and rent it for 800 bucks. Absolutely. Like the other piece, like let's go away from real estate. You, if you can figure out how to solve a problem for anyone Ace anybody, meaning one singular person. Yep. That problem exists all over the place. And if you can solve a problem for me, chances are that I know people having the same problem. And now you have a client base. Yep. So that's you, the first you, thing. you talked about it. You you started a bounce house business. Right. With one person and one bounce house. Yeah. And, and like, a Nissan Armada and a Dolly from like Harbor Freight. Right. And literally. And then we sold, we had several hundred inflatables and you know, a ton of other shit. Yeah, but it it just takes the one little piece of action to start the marathon, right? The marathon is the journey, right? And so, to your point, right? How do you fail? Well, you you don't have a clear picture of what you want to do. You you can't solve a problem, and you give up too quick. Give up too quick is the next one I was going to hit on because okay. like it's lack of focus. It's shifting focus all the time that you never get any results. Yeah, 
Because when I say it's going to take 20 years, I tell people it's going to take three to seven years until you're financially free. So your life is completely different. Your lifestyle is completely different because of this income you've created. But like you, I mean, you might not be private jets and all this bougie shit until like year 20. It just builds and builds and builds. Not, and maybe builds. never. Maybe you just sure. ain't bougie. <laughs> maybe that's not what you want too, right? Like yeah. that's why, I mean, we start all our stuff with vision exercises because yeah. like that's what's important. Like, what do you want? Every I don't day. want the same shit you want. I don't want that fucking Ferrari. Yeah, you do. No interest in it. You don't want to ride with me. No, I'm going to get a big together. booty brand new Dooley in a moment here soon that you'll be jealous of. Those new 2024s interiors, disgusting. Yeah. So sick. Yeah, and the GMC and the Chevys, so sick. Um, but no, to your point, man, like people do, they give up. They get punched in the face the first time. They're like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to go back to work for Freddie. I can deal with Freddie's bullshit attitude, you yeah. know, and make a little bit of money. But to your, I think you're accurate. I think it, I, you start to see a financial tilt and and how you do shit year five to seven. Yeah. You start, you start carrying yourself a different way. You start realizing what rooms you need to be in. And then you start pouring back into yourself on investments, right? Investing in yourself. I mean, I know you spend six figures a year. I spend six figures a year to be in certain rooms. Yep. Right. Yep. For a purpose. So you know, that's another investment. You invest in yourself, right? It doesn't have to be real estate. It doesn't have to be insurance or investments like that monetarily, but buy your way into a shorter pain point. The shit sandwich doesn't have to take 400 million bites. That's you a really good point because we didn't even hit on that on the front end. Like if, if you're like a lot of people ask all the time, if you have $50,000, what's the best investment you can make? And it's, Probably anything under a hundred grand is is probably in yourself. All like if that. you only, I shouldn't say only. If you have fifty thousand dollars to invest, like you should buy a, a ten thousand dollar mastermind or a coach, or in exactly what you want to do. Listen, so so I bet this answer parallels across any industry on anyone who has been quote unquote successful, right? The question, if you had 50 grand in your first year of business, what would you do with 50 grand? My answer would be, I would find the guy who's doing what I want to do at a much better rate, and I would follow him for a year. I would spend 50 grand on living that year, bare bones minimum, and I would just figure out a way, can you hire me? Yep. I'll, be, I'll be your videographer. You don't even have to pay me. Just let me follow and document your life and how you do business. And I would take a 12-month pause in this business venture and study and then get everything ready. And then in the 12th month, I'd quit and launch my company. That's yep. what I would. Yeah. Or just pay him 50 grand to coach you if he takes on clients. Yeah. And then run your business and let him fucking show you the way. Because, I mean, that's what coaches are for, right? Like, tell, tell me I'm an idiot every week and how to fix my shit. That's all I need. <laughs> speed and leverage, speed, leverage, and connections. That's it. So, yeah, man. It, well, this has been awesome, dude. Uh, right. Do you have any tips or tricks on uh, getting uh, independently wealthy these days? I think we hit a bunch, but. There's a lot there. Uh, uh, tip number one, develop a plan. Tip number yeah. two execute the plan and fall back on mentors Yep. And sit on your hands and save as much cash as you can. So you can buy some real estate or a business. I, I, 
I want to reiterate, because I can't say it enough, that like literally this is the best time in the last 10 years at least to to buy things 50 cents on the dollar. Businesses, real estate, anything you want, if you can get a hold of cash specifically. Yeah. And and that's just partners, that's just liquidity, that's just like you don't even have to give up equity. You can just get a lender that has some money. And I don't mean a bank, I mean people, friends and family type stuff. Like and and you have all the negotiation power because like most people, like I said, are not going to go get a nine or ten percent business loan right now. So if you if you find a six hundred thousand dollar business that you've got four hundred and fifty thousand dollars cash, and and you know it's worth eight hundred grand, you can probably go offer them the four fifty tomorrow, and they would probably take it. You just got to go pull a report in your local area of business owners age and you've identified the 75 year olds, the 70 year olds, the 68 year olds, and you start approaching them. They want out. Yeah. They know shit isn't going to get any better. Yep. So right now is their most beneficial time to exit with a favorable outcome. So then then what we were talking about earlier with seller financing, all, all you do is say, Hey, you should seller finance it. So you don't have to take the hit on taxes. Yeah. Like how much do you need to make? Yeah, Every how much do I need to pay you in payroll? Month. Right? How much do you need me to pay you? And then I'm going to pay you some principal every year on the on the note that, and interest. Yeah. On top of that. Right? right? And then there's other things you can negotiate in there, right? Old people can't make as not enough, you know, as much money if they're on social security. So if they're 70, 72 and they're about to take some social security, you negotiate that. Yeah. You no. Know? Less and just less make it a win-win for everybody. Like what do you need to live? Like I'll be your annuity for the next fucking 20 years yeah yeah 100 so plenty of ways to do it if you guys have questions anybody reaches out to you you know jeff and i are, are both more than happy to jump on a call for sure how do they find you keith uh instagram is uh at your biz advisor uh underscore uh facebook is keith gauze um you know I'm, I'm sure that royal has probably got some kind of facebook page with crocs all over it for me you can find me there just get with royal uh, but those are two ways. And then my cell phone, man, I'm open. I'm an open book. 904-401-9327. All right. All right. Gauze is G-A-U-S-E. We'll put all the uh, connections and links in the show notes. But uh, so hit this guy up. He runs Tideland Financial. He is a whiz at guiding you in the right direction on the path to wealth and freedom. And he also... Uh, doesn't bullshit you. If you're not a fit for his services, he is going to give you some value and then send you on your way. So um, I, I appreciate that about him. I respect him. I send him a lot of clients because of that reason. Um, so understand that a lot of people aren't a fit, but he's still going to take the time to listen and give you some advice on where you're at so you Absolutely. can be a fit eventually. So right. thank you for your time, Keith. Never appreciate never you, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me for sure. And uh, thank you all for listening. Hit up Keith. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. We'll, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you. on the next episode. Next episode of the Tactical Empire.